Hello, and welcome to the CBC The Rim podcast. CBC The Rim is a church in San Antonio, Texas. Due to COVID-19, our gatherings look a little different right now, but we encourage you to make space to lean in and listen to what God wants to say to you. We also encourage you to participate as you listen. We hope you enjoy the message. What's up, CBC The Rim? My name is Drew Worsham, and I'm one of the pastors here. And you are joining us in week three of a sermon series that we're calling Church in the Wild. And the premise of the series is this. There's a song by Kanye West and Jay-Z called No Church in the Wild. And the idea was that in the midst of crazy and calamity and crisis, that the church stops being the church. That people stop being loving and there stops being this and physical presence of God on earth. And we're just kind of saying, I don't believe that's true. That it's actually in the midst of crisis or the midst of a pandemic that actually the church shines the brightest. And it's not meant to just survive. The church actually thrives in these moments. That it's in the wilderness or in the pandemic that God begins to form for himself a people and prepares them for the promised land in which he's leading them. And God is leading us into something greater. And we're praying that this season, that the roots go so much deeper and that the foundation begins to get stronger. And on the back end of this thing, we didn't just survive, but we actually are stronger and we love Jesus deeply and more intimately. So that's what we're we're doing. We are week 10 of gathering online and virtually. And the number one question we're getting is, what does the future hold for CBC The Rim? And we want to continue to be a people that walk in wisdom. Uh, and until and we, we kind of fill the release, we want to continue to meet virtually for the safety of our people. And just like I said, out of wisdom. And until the band is kind of released and we can kind of step into it, uh, we want to take it slow. And we believe that it's going to be the opposite. The wave's going to be the opposite of the way it came in. And so we'll go from being quarantined in homes and social distancing to maybe being able to meet in smaller gatherings uh, of maybe 10 or less or 20 or less, and then eventually into the larger public gathering. And I think the church will be similar. I think for the foreseeable future, we're going to meet like this online. And then I'm hoping soon, maybe in the next few weeks, that homes will start to kind of open up and we can have people into our houses uh, to participate in the online gathering together and sharing a meal and doing life side by side. And then uh, hopefully soon being able to gather all together under one roof to worship Jesus. But here's what I want you to know, church. In this season, whether it's just you or maybe it's your family or your roommates or in the next season where you're able to gather as a smaller group of people, a community, that my hope is that we would experience such a deep level of community and family and of church that we'd look back and go, that was, that was prime. Like that was beautiful and we wouldn't give that away. Church, I want you to realize Right now, we are not experiencing a lesser version of the church just because we can't all meet together. Now, I miss you. 
but this isn't lesser. God is still on the move. God is still using his bride, his church, man, to grow and to flourish. And I believe that the best days are yet to come and we are gonna flourish like never before. And this gets me really excited. So to dive into today's message from Galatians 5, verse 22 through 26, I wanna just throw the verse up on the screen and ask maybe somebody in your group or if you're by yourself, you're the chosen one, to read the verses out loud and then I want you to process together this question. What does peace look like in your life? What does peace look like in your life? Go ahead and take the time to process this together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. If you would like to take a moment to reflect or process or even pray about something you're hearing, you can press pause now. Well, so far in this series, we've talked about love, we've talked about joy, and today we're talking about peace. And the message is entitled, Peace in a Pandemic. Now, I don't know what this season has been like for you, um, but to be honest, it's been a little crazy for Jane and I. Um, a majority of my income comes from traveling and speaking and performing at events and Obviously, all of that has been put on hold and we haven't been able to travel for really the last three months and all of summer plans have been canceled uh, this week. We got news of that. Not to mention, man, just constantly asking questions about the direction of the church. God, are we doing enough? Like, are, It feels like there's, like there's so much that needs to be done and we find ourselves as a staff working, gosh, sometimes twice as hard and just wondering if it's actually making an impact. Well, man, I find myself at nights lying down on the pillow and just, and just feeling this restlessness and just struggling so much to sleep. Like sleep's been almost like a rare commodity around our house. And so to the point like I'm reading at night, I invested in a white noise machine, uh, bought some melatonin gummies recently and some lavender essential oils. I just find that my heart has been restless and unsettled. Or maybe to put it another way, I've been lacking a lot of peace in my heart. But I know that the Bible tells me that I should have peace, that that's a fruit of the Spirit. But I ask the question, like, what's wrong with me? Or what am I missing? And I believe that God has a word, not just for you, but for me as well. And I'm hoping this will be an encouragement to you. Well, the word peace that Paul uses in the Greek is the word arene, or in the Hebrew, it's shalom, which means complete or whole. It's this idea of as it should be. Everything is as it should be. 
And man, that sounds beautiful. And this week, I'm learning how to actually walk into it. And I want to share with you what God has put on my heart. So if you're taking notes, point number one is this, that you and I, we have a peace that God made. We have a peace that God made. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, uh, Paul says, therefore, and he's talking about in light of everything that Christ has done for you and I, that he gave his life for a ransom to rescue you and I back. So in light of that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We have this new DNA that Christ has given us. All of that is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What's he saying? He's saying that that God has made peace with you and I. He's reconciled you and I. That this this whole Bible, the whole Old Testament, is the story of our relationship with God. That God created us to have this deep, intimate relationship with him. We were created in his image. But you and I, we didn't want to live underneath his authority. We didn't want him to be king. We wanted to have it our own way. And we took a step away from him. And in those moments, we committed treason. And we broke the relationship. And we destroyed the peace that we had between us and God. But God doesn't want to leave us in this broken state. He loves you and I too much. And so this whole Old Testament's a promise that he's sending the prince of peace to restore all that's broken. And so when you go from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God steps out of heaven, wraps himself in flesh, and moves into our trailer park. And he walks on earth as the person of Jesus, fully human, fully God teaching us what it means to be fully alive. And then he willingly lays his life down on our cross. And watch this, don't miss it. All of the wrath that was aimed towards God's enemies, me and you, was pointed at Jesus and he absorbed every bit of it on the cross so that if you and I trust what Jesus did on the cross, put our weight, our faith, on that payment, then we can experience the peace of God, the restored relationship between us and our King. Or maybe put it in a cheesy way. Um, I've seen the bumper stickers, t-shirts, coffee mugs that say, no Jesus, no peace, like N-O. No Jesus, then there's no peace. But then underneath it, it says K-N-O-W. If you know Jesus, not just know about him, not just cognitive, like you actually have an intimate, deep relationship with the God of the universe, then and only then you have peace. Man, if you are listening to this, please hear my heart that the God of the universe knows you and loves you. He died for you, that he's, he's welcoming you into a relationship because of what he did on the cross, that you, you can't save yourself, you can't fix yourself, you can't restore this relationship by your religion or your performance or your rituals. No, it has to be Jesus. And he's made a way for you to be able to step into peace with the God of the universe. And I'm begging you, if you don't know him, 
You can today. You can. God loves you and has made a way for that relationship to be restored. The point number two is this. There's a peace that we extend. So God has made peace with us, but there's a peace that we extend. Verse 18, it says, All this is from God, who reconciled or made peace with us to himself through Christ, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Or maybe to put it another way, Jesus is giving you and I, every follower of him, the ministry of peace. That we now have peace, and he is sending us out into the world as messengers of this peace. Now, I believe there are two types of uh, church-going Christians. There are consumers, and then there are contributors. Okay, there's these two camps. Consumers, these are the ones who, uh, they, they fill the bleachers, they make signs, maybe they're really great cheerleaders, uh, but they're just there to watch the game. And then there's contributors who put a jersey on, get on the field, and actually impact the game by putting points on the board. They actually advance the kingdom of God. And what's interesting is in this season of COVID-19, both parties get exactly what they want. If you're a consumer, then guess what? You get all the content you want. You can watch East Coast Church in the morning. You can watch Central Time Church at lunch. And you can watch West Coast in the evening. There is so much content that you can just sit and consume and you never have to get out of your pajamas. But for those who want to be contributors, the opportunities are endless for us to be good news, to cross the street or to cross our town, to love our people that God has entrusted us to love. And so whether you can't, you find yourselves, know that the opportunities are there and you're going to get exactly what you want. My hope is that we would move from being consumers into being contributors, actually impacting the game. And if you're over here, let me just speak grace over you. It is not too late. And in the worship household, we use the language do-overs, reset. And when I say something dumb or I say something silly, I just go, Jane, can I get a do-over? And we just reset. We start over. And it is not too late. And you will not miss out on what God wants to do in and through you. And I encourage you, step into it what it looks like for us to be contributors or good news. Um, I thought about this this weekend as a, as a staff, uh, or on Mondays we gather and we just pray and we ask God to give us direction for what he has in store for that week or what, what, what turn he wants us to take, how he wants us to pivot. And even though we had just come out of Mother's Day, we felt like God was telling us that he wasn't done yet. Uh, that there was some women that hadn't that maybe hadn't experienced a traditional Mother's Day that he was actually asked to step into uh, and to love. And so after praying uh, for a bit, we discovered that there are a couple of moms who are about to have babies. Uh, and so we decided, let's, hey, this is a simple thing. We could get gift cards. We bought some gifts on their registry and we hand delivered them to let them know as they're shifting into motherhood that they're not doing it alone. 
On top of that, we found out that there were some others in the refugee community that we love uh, that have been hit really hard with COVID-19 and can't even afford or can't afford diapers for their children. And so we had the opportunity this week to deliver diapers and some essential goods to these moms just to say, we love you, we see you, there's a church that loves you and sees you, and more than that, there's a God who sees you and loves you. We also found out that in that, there were, there were two pregnant moms in the refugee community that are just walking through a lot of loneliness and isolation and difficulties in their family. And one way we get to support them and partner with them is that we're going to help throw them baby showers by catering a meal and just loving them. We want to partner with them uh, in this journey, not just meet a one-time need. Along with the refugee community, our heart is also for the college students that we believe represent one of the most unchurched age group worldwide. And two college students, uh, there's one a single mom and a mom-to-be that we just wanted to kind of step into their life. I can't imagine being 19, 20 years old and balancing being a mom or mom-to-be and classes and work. And so we bought some gifts on the registry, we collected some gift cards, and we just showed up and told them that there is a church that loves them deeply. Also, we don't ever wanna be blinded to the moms that are in estranged relationships with their, uh, with their family or the single moms. Because we know Mother's Day can be difficult, it can be a challenging season, so we got to come alongside of seven moms who are in estranged relationships with their kids or alone, uh, including a single mom who just lost their job and just began to pour resources into their life, reminding them that we see them and love them. This week, we got to love as a church over 15 moms. That's what it looks like for us to step into the game and contribute. But not only that, that we also, listen, we know there are a few moms who desperately desire to be moms that are praying through, maybe going through IVF or adoption or fostering. And we wanted to also let them know that they're seen and not alone. And so we hand delivered flowers and notes just to let them know that we're with them every step of the way. Church, I want to tell you, thank you for continually to live with radical generosity in this season. When it's so easy for us to kind of hoard or to kind of just pull our budgets and make them tight because we just don't know what the, what the future holds, you have continued to be been radically generous. And I just want to say thank you. And as your pastor, we will always fight to be incredibly wise and missionally minded with our resources. And I know that many of you know this, but gosh, but to be a church, I mean, we're six months old when the pandemic hit. I'm so grateful that our staff, I mean, they raise their own support. I don't know if you know that. And that allows us to take almost every dollar that comes in and to actually put it on the front lines of doing missions uh, in our area that God has entrusted us. We're able to keep all of our covenants and our contracts, and we're able to be good news in this season. So I just want, I want to be always open and honest with you guys, and I want to say thank you. 
We say it often, you don't give to a church, you give through a church. So thank you for being good news. Well, the last and final point is this. There is a peace that God gives. There's a peace that God made, there's a peace that we extend, but then there's a peace that God gives. And if we're honest, I think we go, I get the first two. Yeah, yeah, God's reconciled our relationship with Him. Yes, we're supposed to be good news. But on the hard days, how do I have peace? When everything in my life seems like it's being affected, how do I walk away from fear, anxiety, stress, worry? Well, Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4, he tells us this. He says, do not be anxious about anything. He says, don't worry about anything. Like, don't be stressed out about anything. Instead, but in everything, he said, take your prayers, your request with thanksgiving. You give those to God. You present those to God. Hand them over to him. And then watch this. And when we do that, the peace of God, which transcends or surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, that there'll be a peace that no one around you can explain and it'll actually guard your heart and your mind from stress and worry and anxiety. So just a reminder, peace is not something that we perform for or we try hard for. Because it's easy, I think, to look at this passage and go, yeah, that's easy, Paul. But the peace isn't something you just like flip on like a light switch, no. It's, 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 it all comes from the fruit of like abiding with Christ, walking with Jesus, letting the roots go deep into that relationship. And the deeper that they go, the more peace that's birthed, not from trying or performing, but from just staying connected, being close to Jesus. So to walk with the Spirit, you will have peace. And if we don't have peace in our heart, the truth is we're probably not walking very close to the Spirit. It's just, that's just the way it plays out. But so the closer we are to Jesus, the more at peace we experience. Let me kind of put it this way. Tonight is uh, the last two episodes air of uh, this, this documentary series called The Last Dance, which is the 10-part documentary series that takes a in-depth look at the Chicago Bulls dynasty uh, in their champion season uh, from 97 to 98, okay? Now, watching it, as I watch it tonight, if I'm honest with you, there's uh, all of these like questions like, uh, are the Bulls, are they going to win? Question mark, question mark, question mark. There's the stress, the anxiety, the fear, like, oh no. Like I'm kind of like sitting on the edge of my seat. And then all of a sudden you begin to realize this championship happened in 98. I, I can Google this. I can look at a Wikipedia page or better yet, I know that Michael Jordan in this series has five championship rings and I have a poster that he has six rings. I know that they win. So now all of a sudden, all the worry, all the fear, all the anxiety, it just dissipates and all I have is peace because I know who wins. 
And the truth is that when we know that Jesus holds all things together and that in this pandemic, he wins, it allows our heart to have peace. But you may be going, yeah, Drew, I'm on board. I think that he's in control. I think he's sovereign. I think we're going to get through this. But on a day-to-day level or just in my own personal life, I'm wrestling with this. Well, let's make it personal. Instead of a championship, I want you to imagine that it's in the 90s and you go to the Y to play a pickup game of basketball two-on-two. There's two random guys and there's you and guess who's on your team? Michael Jordan. You know, without a shadow of a doubt, you're going to win the game. The only time you have fear and anxiety is when the ball is in your hands. But the moment you pass it to Michael, all of a sudden peace floods your soul because you know the game is in the bag. Today, you and I, we have a choice. We can hold on to the ball. We, We can put all the control in our own laps and feel the weight and the stress. Or we go, Jesus, you're on my team. Why? Because you were willing to die on the cross so that our relationship could be restored, so that we could have peace, so that you are forever on my team. No matter what situation, you are forever on my team. And I can pass you the ball and I can release that to you and know that you're going to take care of me. Because you're a good father and you don't miss the details of our lives. You're not holding out on us. And so what we do is we take it and we pass it. That's how we experience peace, trusting that God's going to do what he does for our good and for his glory. But practically this week, I want to leave you with some tools to kind of actually help you. And here's what's been helpful for me is I've just been learning over the course of the last few days. The question I've been asking myself is this, uh, what voices am I listening to? Like what voices are speaking the loudest? Am I making time to get up and spend time in God's word and to pray? And and I have to do this before all the crazy happens in the day. But am I listening to this voice? Am I being reminded of, of who Jesus says I am and what he promises for my life? Or am I letting the news feed speak loud louder than God's word? Am I letting social media speak louder? And I, I love social media. But the truth is, in this season, I've had to unfollow a few pastors. And not because of their bad content, but because I I, I find my heart comparing myself to them and constantly thinking, oh my gosh, like they're doing so much. I need to do what they're doing. And I need to do what they're doing. And what they're doing. And I can be overwhelmed instead of hearing the voice that God constantly speaks over me. Drew, you are my son. And I am well pleased. And I haven't called you to be busy or overwhelmed. I've just called you to be faithful, to walk in faithfulness. Another thing I would say, I encourage you to try your best to be present. Don't let your mind wander into the future and paint a picture of what the future would be like if Jesus isn't there. That's what fear and anxiety is all about. To just trust right here, right now, this is where God you've called me to be. Jesus would say in Matthew 6, tomorrow has enough worries of itself and you can't change anything by worrying about it today. Focused, be present here. Put the phone away. 
Realize the gifts that God has given you right now in the present and enjoy them. There is a beautiful silver lining in all of this pandemic if, if we just have eyes to see it. I'd also encourage like movement in your life. Uh, it's not only good for the body, it's really good for the mind. Maybe go for a walk, get outside, just clear your head. And just as you're kind of looking around, you'll notice, man, all the goodness. It's crazy how if I just look at my newsfeed, it feels like the end of the world. But then I go outside, and I don't know if your neighborhood's like this. I mean, everyone's out waving, like smiling. It's like we just won the war. It's amazing, and it just puts things back into perspective. God, you're still in control, and we can trust you. And then the last little small thing is whatever you can, try to declutter all of like your, your life, whether it's your bedroom, it's a desk, it's closets, whatever. The less clutter, the better. I've heard it said one time that a, like a cluttered room just reflects a cluttered heart. And so to, to simplify, to, to remove things off of my desk so it's just I can stay focused and it just adds peace to my heart. Whatever it is that you practice or you do this week, church, remember God is in control, so all you got to do is pass him the ball and, uh, and watch what he'll do in this season. This is how we have peace in the midst of a pandemic. So I want to kick it to you and encourage you just to take 120 seconds and just ask yourself two questions. God, what are you saying to me? Through this message, through the Bible, what are you trying to communicate to me today? And then what do you want me to do about it? So church, I love you. Take this time to hear from God. If you would like to take a moment to reflect or process or even pray about something you're hearing, you can press pause now. Thank you for listening to the CBC The Rim podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you want to learn more about CBC The Rim, such as our online gathering times, you can find us at cbctherim.com or on Instagram and Facebook at CBC The Rim. We hope to see you soon.